Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meat at stayclassymeats.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. We're back once again. And again, I want to give a big thanks to Horace Burner, my boys over in uh, the Beckley area, for breaking down and tossing that little uh, ditty to us there on our intro. That's called David. Go check him out. Horse Burner. Great band. Great guys. Uh, shout out to Adam. He's my boy. Big wrestling fan. Big Rush fan. So he and I get along great. And I just heard, uh, just heard my co-host groan. But nevertheless, we're back. Sports time. More sports, and guess what? There's sports on TV. That's right. MLB has started up. Uh, basketball, the, the scrimmage games have started. Baseball, I think, returns, uh, I think, here in the next three days, if I'm not mistaken, if I got my calendar correct. No, tomorrow. I'm an idiot. Baseball's back tomorrow. To hell with me. But joining me, who's back right now, the man, the myth, the Canadian legend, He's got more poo. He puts the poon in poontine, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tim Dombrova. Good evening, Nathan. I'll come to you live from Canada with my face mask intact. Oh, well, aren't we fancy? (laughs) No, we're not, but... But we have uh, we are passing those laws faster than you can shake a stick. That's some poutine going down uh, Ed Bogus's throat. Um, now that's fast. Quick. That's fast. Quick. Um, I don't know if it gets much faster than that. Well, let me think of things I can. A uh, Bruce Pullman's lie. Those are pretty. Well, fast. I mean that's that's pretty quick. It's as it's as fast as a Brian Last Drop podcast is slow. How about that? Damn. Rough. But Rough. True. Wow. But anyhow, how's things going down in the uh, mm-hmm. bas- in the bastion of democracy known as the United States? Good old West Virginia. Uh, we're living down here. I'm staying home and avoiding as many human beings as possible. Um a lot of people are com- complaining because they can't go anywhere and do much. I'm actually, like, I'm all for this. Like, I, I think social distancing is wonderful. 
I've been for it now for a while. And the fact that I don't really have to go anywhere. And even when I do, um, I go to work where there's nobody there. So I'm uh, pretty, pretty happy. Pretty happy with that. I mean, I put in a request uh, to the WWE. I am willing to cohort host the Ilconics. Yeah, I, yeah, I will do that for the for the company. Well, you know, I, you know, I mean, the the Iconics are my girls, you know. I mean, in fact, I'll, I will. I am willing to put up the entire female roster uh, to cohort with them in my home if that will help. You, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I want to see what uh, I want to see what some some people that live. Uh, I won't say they live, but they live near you are going to say about that. <laughs> Um, well, as they say, you know, what they don't know can't hurt them. <laughs> You're going to hide a whole women's roster in your house? You let me yeah, know how it goes. I'm just going to clean things up real shiny. Um, let her know these are just, they're just temporary maids. Temporary. Um, they will put their clothes back on at some point. Um, oh, geez, I've heard it all. <laughs> I have heard it all. Dude, I would be dead before I got those words out of my mouth. You'd pack their luggage in the house. You wouldn't get farther than that. Uh, I'd be uh, running an extension cord out to the doghouse. <laughs> Make touchdowns down here. <laughs> so I can't figure out a way to get cable out there so I can at least watch. <laughs> oh, goodness. It ain't happening. So much, so much. You know, there's so much stuff going on right now with, with sports coming back. And uh, one positive thing that I think we need to talk about is the the NBA. They tested – they did the tests and everything. They The tests have come back. The NBA had zero positive tests inside the bubble the other day. Let's hope they keep it so, up. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's great news. Now – of course, I would never say, never say that, you know, hey, they beat it. Congratulations. No, because long way off from that. But uh, that's a good start. I mean, no better way, really, to, uh, than to start with saying, okay, well, here we go. Nobody's positive as of right now. We'll have to, to wait and see uh, where they go from there. So positive numbers there with the big zero. That's always good. I haven't, uh, to be honest, like I said, I haven't really heard much uh, in pro sports. There was a few when this all started, but uh, I think hockey had two, but now they're into their full quarantine until, uh, I believe, like the 28th or something like that for another week. And, yeah, I just I haven't seen much. Pro sports has kind of surprised me. I thought the – I mean, it's a long ways from older yet, but uh, – I I would have thought they would have had more issues so far, so I'm glad they don't. Yeah, yeah, me too. It seems like most of the guys are taking this seriously, which is positive. Um, Yeah, a couple, yeah, a couple eggheads have, uh, eh, you know. Well, there's always one or two, Nate. I mean, there's always one in every crowd, but for the most part, they've avoided all the the major stuff, you know. I mean, I saw a picture today just before I came on the air of uh, two at uh, Niagara Falls. 
And there's a picture of the tour boat from the U.S. side going out to the falls. Mm-hmm. And, a picture, and a picture of the Canadian tour boat from the Canadian side going out to look at the falls. Okay. Uh, the Canadian boat is allowed to have six people on it. That's okay. it. The American boat, you couldn't find a place to put oxygen in between those people. Yeah, that's shocking. And, it, and, it, and it's like, okay, but that, and that's a, it was a boat from, from New York State. So I'm going, all right. Who's, who is responsible for these things? And like, and I don't want to get into the politics of all of it, but like somebody is dropping the ball hard, to, uh, big time, like hardcore. Like the government for letting people do it, whichever branch you want to blame, I don't care. People are being stupid. And like, I mean, Niagara Falls isn't going anywhere. They're going to be there next year. <laughs> You know, you don't like, know that. Like, uh, well, <laughs> well, it's not a national monument, so it can't be replaced or tore down. Now, you don't know that. You, you idiots, probably try to blockade half of the Niagara River or something to block your side nah, of the falls nah, off. Let's not, let's not get, let's not dive into this. Yeah, we're going there because you Americans just not very sensible. Both sides. I never of the said they, I never said these these people were sensible. They're not. Both sides of the coin. You'll probably, you. try to, you'll probably try to name it the, uh, I don't know, Niagara. I thought it doesn't really have anything attached to it. So, I don't know, Nathan. It just strikes me as, you know, what kind of a person with a functioning brain gets on a boat wall-to-wall with a bunch of people to see some, I mean, it's water. I mean, it's not, I mean, okay, it's Niagara Falls, but big whoop. Like, this is not a life-defining moment or shouldn't be. Like stay home. Like it's just not that hard. Or it's not, but this is you know, we are the United States, and I'll say this: you know, we don't like being told what to. Land of the brave and the home of the free, and a few other things I won't say. I love you, people in West Virginia, though. Don't throw that in there. Well, you better. Don't throw Uh, that in there. So apparently today, uh, bowl bowl. Let me finish. Oh man! Well, go ahead. Respect your respect your elders, Nathan. Right. I did want to say, particularly that person who is named after a cooking—I um, don't even know what the proper word is—not um, adhesive, the opposite of uh, non-stick uh, cook thing. There, I, I like that. Oh, oh my mother. <laughs> Yes, yeah, Mrs. Bush, yes, Mrs. Bush. Well, no stick spray that she is named after of. That's correct. I think your mother and you could easily be on uh, King of the Hill. I don't know why I say that, but I think you could be. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Nathan! <laughs> she does make some spot Peggy and balls, but anyway. Anyhow, back uh, to sports. Let's, let's look at Bowl Bowl here, who played in a scrimmage today. Bowl, if you remember the seven that was drafted by Denver in the second round when people were passing on him left and right, and I'm sitting there going, why not take a chance on a guy that's seven foot four, or, you know, whatever he is, so take a chance on him. He, you know, he's a good player. He finished the, of course, again, you know, reads a scrimmage. Let's not pump too much into this. Uh, he had 16, 10 with six blocks, 16 points, 10 rebounds, six blocks today as the Nuggets did their scrimmage against uh, Washington. And that's, uh, I mean, that, that helps a little bit. Um, 
Is it wrong of me to want to call him Manute Manute? <laughs> I think they could have picked, I mean, his dad could have probably picked a better name for him, but. It, it is a strange handle, but anyway. Guess you won't ever forget. But he him. was on fire. He was knocking down, you know, big, knocking down shots. He was driving to the basket, blocking shots. I mean, it's a guy who, that was his, that was his um, NBA debut. Like, he didn't play in, you know, summer league because of his injury. He was the 44th pick in the draft. He fell to 44 in the draft before Denver grabbed him. I mean. We got, do we actually, like, not to interrupt, because you were doing well there. um, We actually have real basketball tomorrow. No, no. Real basketball starts the 30th. Baseball is tomorrow. Oh, so that's a week. Why are they showing me this Thursday like it's. Well, I mean, it's something to watch. Damn I you. mean, God. Damn you, ESPN. Damn you. Or make you get me excited there for a brief moment. Well, okay. I mean, it's Fair. something to watch. I mean, baseball had a scrimmage game. I know I saw that, you know, the area team here is the Reds. So the Cincinnati Reds were on. Uh, they won a, uh, a scrimmage game. Yay. Um, <laughs> well, for them, that's a big, pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, they might throw a parade over it. But, uh, you know, we talked about you and I off air, talked about baseball a little bit. We're going to talk some about that uh, coming up. But I want to bring this up. Of course, you know the NBA has the NBA snitch line. You know. Uh, that we <laughs> – the NBA, you know, they, they put in the line to where people can kind of rat people out if they're outside of the bubble breaking quarantine and stuff. And, you know, you can have some feelings about that. But I found on Twitter, I shared it on Twitter, um, but we're going to play the audio from it right now. So I, I got a kick out of this. This is somebody from CBS had some fun with this. This is the NBA snitch line getting calls. Uh, so you haven't heard this yet, have you, Tim? I have not. Okay, I heard this earlier. Check this out because I think this was was pretty well done. So this is kind of the example, the NBA snitch line. Hello, NBA bubble snitch line. Go ahead. You saw J.R. Smith with how much Hennessy? (laughs) No, I just didn't know it came by the gallon. You saw Kuzma taking a selfie where? He knows he can't be there. Taco's doing bike tours? How do I get in Wait, someone's deadlifting in their room at 3 a.m.? Someone's running suicides in the hallways? Someone's doing box jumps in the conference room? Give me Jimmy Butler's room number right now, please. All the blue check marks are down? Well, can't you just use your burner? Yeah. Sure you don't. Okay. We'll get right on that. Thank you. Hey, did you know the Wizards are here? No, no, no. Mr. Smith should not be sharing his soup with any assistant coaches. No. Coach Pop is scouting Tigger? Yes, and Mr. Waiter should not be sharing his gummy bears. Giannis was making threes at practice? (laughs) That is terrifying. No, absolutely not. No flu games. No, no, no. I know that Jordan did it. Yes. Look, you're going to have to figure out a different way to become the GOAT, okay? We cannot rename the ride. It's a flat world. (laughs) Wait, are you even in the bubble? Austin Rivers' prank calling your room sounds like a family issue to me. Is there any way we can get a dedicated Lakers line? Yes, but fighting Goofy isn't against the rules, so I think the Lopez brothers are probably clear on this one. No, we we do not advise listening to anything Kelly Oubre says. The Patriots are doing what? 
This is the NDA snitch line. That's a different number. Are you sure it was Boba? Oh, man. I don't even know why I asked. Guys, we've got a code orange over here. Code orange, LeVar Ball sighting, Sector 4. One second here. Grab something there. Okay. John Morant took how many juice boxes now? Patrick Beverly's charging how much for white peas? It's actually a steal. Apple time. Apple time. I'm sorry, was there a violation you'd like to report? Hello? Anybody there? Kawhi? Press two if it's Kawhi. As long as you catch him in the app, we're safe. Hey, can I call you back? I've got a package from Chris Paul on its way here. you think <laughs> well that's pretty funny i'm surprised they haven't been sued but <laughs> i gotta kick out press two if it's Kawhi. <laughs> come on just press two tacos giving bike tours how do i get in on that <laughs> i mean amazingly amazingly no 76ers jokes ah just too many to make <laughs> Well, I thought, you know, Gianna shooting threes, that's frightening. Wouldn't it be like Ben Simmons? No, Gianna shooting threes. Gianna shooting threes is one thing. Ben Simmons shooting threes is like, oh, teams are like celebrating. Like, please shoot. Please. But I was was waiting for, you know, James Harden is breaking the social distancing rules and then falling down. (laughs) I was wondering if they were going to be like, oh, James Harden's wearing how many flip-flops? But anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, let's well, let's that. take a second here. Let's let's pay some bills, and we'll be back on the other side, and we'll kind of dive into a little bit of uh, a little bit of baseball here, and just kind of look at what's going on with the uh, major league and some of the issues that we may or may not have. Sound good? Sounds good to me. We back on the other side. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Thanks again to our great sponsor, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Major League Baseball starts tomorrow. They have a 60-game season uh, that will be taking place. And one thing, Tim, that you pointed out to me earlier in a private conversation was, man, baseball looks weird without any fans in the in attendance, doesn't it? Oh, Fenway Park without anybody in it was just, I don't know. I mean, I can barely watch weird. baseball. I can barely watch baseball on TV as it is, let alone 
with no fans there. Like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to see. Like, NASCAR with no fans was tough. Now they're bring, letting people back. Baseball with no fans is weird. Then again, I mean, there were some baseball teams where even when fans were allowed, they weren't coming. So, again, it was, that's just kind of the thing. But, um, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at it that way. Um, I'll tell you what, I've actually got something I need to take care of really fast. So, let's play a couple more commercials. We'll be back right after this. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meat is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. comic books and collectibles then you are going to want to check out atomic comics and collectibles llc they buy and sell comic books action figures pop funkos vintage video game system vinyl records and other collectibles retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty they have fair and competitive pricing on all their items their prices will make you say oh my god Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. I apologize for that brief interruption. Uh, I actually got a phone call from my son, so I had to take it. <laughs> uh, so apologies for the brief interruption there. My goodness, did a motorcycle just drive in your house, Tim? Uh, the answer to that would be no. <laughs> it sounded loud. But no, anyway, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt uh, my talking there. But yes, my son called, so I wanted to. And where this is you know, recorded live and, and put out, I just went to commercial, so... Hope that's okay. Sorry about it. Let's get back to baseball here. We were talking about it. Um, But we were talking about the fact baseball with no fans, how strange it is. Because baseball, while the fans, do, they get into it at the point, it's kind of a a quiet game anyway. But there's always kind of a dull roar behind it, if you've noticed. Like, do you feel like that's even missing from baseball right now? Well, sure. It's crickets in there, man. even when a crowd's not really cheering, you still got that sort of white noise going on, you know, that rump, that mumble because people are talking yeah. and doing whatever they're doing. And 
Well, eating a hot dog, watching, having a beer. Unless, of course, you know, you're watching a game maybe in Baltimore or somewhere like that where there's nobody there. But or Tampa, <laughs> Apologies, guess, Bobby Blaze. <laughs> I guess Tampa Bay would probably be a better example where the Rays don't get any fans. And But, I mean, like, I Miami, apparently. It. Apparently, Miami, they don't get a lot of fans out. Yeah, I, I watched either. And they just had that billion-dollar stadium built. Yeah, and then he, he, he got all the money from the government to build the stadium and then promptly sold away anybody that was any good on the team. Yeah, he cares about the uh, he cares about the title. But anyways, um, yeah, I watched about two innings last night of the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, and it was just it's just weird. Um, I, I mean, yeah, maybe you get used to it. I don't know, but I mean, the, the crowd is it's not like basketball where uh, I don't know how to like you've seen basketball games where you don't see lots of the crowd. You know, you'll see them sometimes. Yeah you know, free throws, that sort of thing. But baseball, it doesn't really matter what angle they're showing you. You know, there's nobody behind home plate. There's nobody down the lines. There's a, a fly ball and you look out and there's nobody in the out, you know, there's nobody in center field or, you know, there's just not, there's nothing but empty seats. Yeah. And it's, it's just very, the visual is not good. Yeah, it's it, it, it's rough looking. I did notice behind home plate in one of the games, they actually put some of the, the, the players with masks on, and they sat behind home plate, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, just to kind of fill in that background, I think that background needs to be filled with something, even if it is players that you know may or may not get to play or, or what have you. But, yeah, I really do think that it's, uh, it's, it's a good idea. Uh, I really do. Maybe so. – uh... Maybe issue a day pass to uh, the Delco Correctional System and let the boys and girls see a ball game in the afternoon. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, I was going to bring – you mentioned the Blue Jays. Let's talk about them. The Blue Jays are – in a, in a pickle. They're in a pickle, yeah. Pickle would be the only yeah. way I can think to, to, to put it. They are really in a tight spot right now. To, to quote uh, George Clooney and No Brother Where Art Thou, damn, we're in a tight spot. So, well, well, what's I just going on the, there? Well, I know I you're, you're up there in Canada. Okay, well, federal government would, up here in Canada would not allow – well, it wasn't that they wouldn't allow them to play. It's just you can't cross the border quarantining. Yeah. So, okay, well, that doesn't work for the Blue Jays or whoever's coming into Toronto to play. So that doesn't work, and they were not willing to uh, bend the rules for a professional sports franchise and nobody else. Imagine that, some, some, some logic involved in a decision by a government. Huh, who would have thunk it? But anyway, so the Blue <laughs> Not Jays here, sir. We don't need Blue any part of that shit. The Blue Jays were looking at Buffalo, but their stadium is not really major league quality, so they gave up on that. Well, hold on, then, before, we, before, we move past, before we move past that, what qualifies a stadium to be major league quality? Especially, um, like, unless uh, it's just not big enough, like in terms of I like would think probably size, uh, ability to broadcast out of, would probably be a big. Oh, I'm calling bullshit on that because I've seen live broadcasts from Little League, a Little yeah, League not, stadium for God's sake. But not what it, but not what it takes to bring into a for a major league telecast. That requires a lot of power. Um, space sort of thing, and w- and that might not be a problem in a normal time, but when you got to social distance everything and you can't just cram everything into a spot like they're used to doing, 
Um, and from what I understand, the facilities for the players were not sketchy, but they're not up to major league standards. So, of course, that means getting the union and the players association and all that crap involved, and they don't even want to bother with that. So they didn't. Uh, Here, here's they, an article. I found an article here from a couple of days ago. It says, Dear Blue Jays, Buffalo's waited a long time for Major League Baseball. And uh, I'm going to skim through it here and just kind of pick out a couple of things. Um, there's a chance of at least some games at the field, home of the Buffalo Bisons, which is Toronto's AAA affiliate, and a place of unusual baseball significance. Any other year, that would lead to unbridled excitement, but nothing is simple at a time of such risk. Um says here, Harrington reports some of the players weren't thrilled about a season in Buffalo, and we can see amid the concern of COVID-19, while they might worry about spending much of the summer in a smaller, more confined locker room than what they're used to in the majors. Such questions are of no small significance. Dr. Stephen Thomas, Chief of Infectious Diseases at Sunny Upstate University Hospital, tells me he believes baseball could could work in a place where COVID-19 numbers are low, like upstate New York, but without spectators and strict adherence and constant vigilance about the kind of masking, testing, and distancing that would protect players. So it, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why this stadium is not up to what they're saying. Well, because it looks great. It does. It looks well, great. I'm sitting here looking at pictures of it. I mean, the one thing I could see is that it didn't hold enough people or something like that, but that's not a concern. That doesn't right matter. That, that's what I mean. So, like, if it doesn't hold people, that would be one reason. Normal. I mean, it, it is It is a AAA stadium. I mean, it's not like it's just some local dump that somebody wants them to play in. I mean, it's a, I mean, by all accounts, it appears to be a pretty nice-looking facility i don't really see what the issue is here somebody this has got to be something to do with money or something because that's usually what it is right i mean it has a capacity of twenty one thousand anyway usually it's not a small place um well because when when i read into the story further you wait so now buffalo for whatever reason is rejected right fair enough so then the, the blue the blue jays strike some kind of a deal with the pnc in pittsburgh to play in pittsburgh the state Pennsylvania's government kiboshes that plan. All right. And I'm going, okay, what is the reason? Now, wait till you hear this, this reason. Um, I want to quote this so that I don't get this wrong. Um, where did that go? Because the reason to me is absolutely to add tra- uh, state health secretary from Pennsylvania says, to add travelers to this region for any reason, including professional sports, risks residents, visitors, and members of both teams. So how does that not apply to the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Philadelphia Phillies? You would think that. Like, that logic seems a little bit weak. I, I don't really understand that. Uh, somebody would have to, I mean, maybe that was clarified more somewhere else, but that's the quote that's on the uh, sports net up here anyway that seems like a, I mean those those teams are coming uh, going and coming to the same place as the Toronto team is going to be going and coming from same with the visiting team so I really don't understand that logic that seems odd 
Uh, from what I'm seeing here, this was released two days ago. Uh, Blue Jays are eyeing to play their home games at Sailing Field. The Canadian government denied the team's request. Team's on a hunt for a temporary host. Bison's organization has been in discussion with the Blue Jays for several days about possibly hosting the Major League games for the summer. They're continuing to explore the best ways to adapt available spaces in the ballpark to meet the needs. It would be bring international attention to Buffalo. There's been a lot of progress in the city, and the city of Buffalo has even has um, a lot of progress during the times of COVID-19. The minor league baseball canceled its season. Major league baseball has created strict guidelines. No fans in the stadiums. Bison's management, which is the AAA team that plays there, are doing everything they can to prep the AAA stadium to accommodate a major league team or other places in the running with the Blue Jays starting season starting in less than 10 days. A decision is expected soon. Okay. So, I just found, I found this, too. It says Salen or Salen Field um, is yeah. substandard when compared to big facilities and needs sizable infrastructure investments to bring the light, the lighting, the clubhouses, and training areas up to par. So whatever mm. that means. Okay. The lighting um, I can see. The lighting ideas. Now that I can see that being a problem. Now there is talk here in this article too that they are now talking to Baltimore because apparently their schedules are almost perfectly in sync that they really don't need to move. Like that yeah, was move the other too much. Thing. Well, the other concern was is if you've got two teams playing and Toronto plays the next night, how do you do that like for a clubhouse? Yeah. You can't you can't get the other guys out and clean it up soon enough to get the next guys in. So apparently that was part of the problem. But it looks like they're like they're looking at Baltimore. I'm gonna bet you a dollar they probably end up in Buffalo anyway. I mean Probably. All I know is it beats the hell out of them going to Dunedin, Florida. That they don't need to do. Yeah, they Florida's trouble not down the, there. Florida's probably not the best place to go right now. If that was just me, uh, that's that's me thinking out loud here. Well, uh, I mean, if we're wor- if we're going to use the excuse that we're worried about COVID and all that, fine. I mean, if that's the reason, that's fine. But then letting them play in Florida seems absurd. <laughs> I mean, if there's one place you don't need to go right now, it's Florida. That's, that's that is the place not to be. Florida, and no offense to anybody in Texas, but that ain't a good spot right now either. Well, West Virginia is not exactly doing their best, but nevertheless, um, you know, hey, just here, here's what well, I tell people: use common sense. Nobody's doing any heavy lifting right now. I'm afraid everybody's kind of. We got into the lull. We got into the summer lull. It's been a couple yeah. of months. Everybody was doing fairly well for the most part. There was the odd spot that wasn't. And then summer hit and it got hot and everybody's like, oh, man, I just want to get out of the house, go do something. I want to go down. I want to get in my car. Yeah, I mean, little, it sucks. You know, it does suck. I mean, I get it. But, you know, we can't all be Ed Bogus and just be able to eat the COVID faster then it gets on us. I mean, get into the, <laughs> I eat the COVID. Just gets it right in the old stomach and it kills it. And Ed's always safe. Doesn't matter where he goes. Ed, Ed Bogus's COVID defense is to eat the COVID. Yes. I love it. He dips it in Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce from the sheets. Yes. 
and he's oh, already prepared for yeah. COVID twenty twenty one and twenty two. I mean, nobody Whitney panicked. Cooks, Whitney cooks everything at seventy degrees Celsius, which is whatever. Whitney's that is got the best deep fried COVID you'll ever have. I'm telling you. <laughs> and he gets yeah, he gets he, he gets special shipments on FedEx her. from Nick Hoff. Ed didn't think we could get her in the show enough, but ha, we showed oh, you, didn't aha. we? Aha, aha, you tell me. Not, <laughs> yes, not to be outdone by Danielle Hoff, though, because now you want to talk about a trooper. Whoa. Oh, bless her heart. Can't, I can't feel her pain. Trying to pass those uh, store-bought fish off as freshly caught. Unbelievable. <laughs> I feel her pain, so... Danielle, you know, I don't want to give away too much personal business here on the show, but Danielle has got boards coming up for her uh, new job. So, Danielle, best of luck from me and Tim. Uh, I know you can do it. I've known Danielle was a mentor of mine in school and has helped me out tremendously. She's awesome. And uh, how Nick landed her, we'll never know. But, hey, good for Nick. Okay, but Um, we we have it on a pretty good authority, though, because you do know these people. In a personal sense, unlike me. I do. I do. Daniel, um, uh, how do we put this diplomatically? Um, uh, strong individual? Strong-willed individual? Strong, independent woman that don't need no man. All right. No, I'm glad you said that, <laughs> not me. But taking that further. Um, but she loves now, her man. <laughs> well, you got to think, though. You've got a woman. In in uh, studying for a, a, a test of qualification, with oh, a test honest, that nobody wants to take, <laughs> right? That nobody wants to take, and a lot riding on it. Let's be honest. Uh, no pressure, Danielle, but a lot ride, lot riding. Oh, on she'll it. she'll do great. She'll kill it. I'm sure she will. But Nick Hoff is trapped in that house with that woman. Well, I did now, receive a I, call the other day from the local prayer chain with Nick's name on it, so. I do understand. I mean, there's rumor that Nick's just going to FedEx himself up to Canada. <laughs> He's gone. I'm a permanent hoser. You know, no, 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 we, we can't find Nick, Danielle. His truck is empty. His truck there's is empty. One, there's one package missing from the back, a big one, but we don't know what happened to it. <laughs> about, package was about six foot five. I don't know how we could lose it. <laughs> Nick takes up in Moose Jaw one day. Moose jaw. <laughs> Where'd Nick go? Regina. <laughs> Trying to pass himself off as a Canadian, just saying whatever he says, <laughs> followed by A. You know. <laughs> he can get uh, away with uh, it in Western Canada. Nick, 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 it's summer. You can't wear the toque, dude. <laughs> Bull crap. You can always wear the toque. I don't care what that's you right. say. That, that's, a, that's a trick question to, to, to see if you're really Canadian or not. Is it too hot for a toque? No. no. Never is. Never. Would you like gravy <laughs> on this poutine? What a stupid question. Always. Poutine comes with gravy. You don't ask for it. It comes with it. You'd get a dirty look if you said, is there gravy on that poutine? That's like, you know, that's like asking, is there barbecue sauce on that burger? I mean, come on. Yes. Man, barbecue, sauce is, barbecue sauce on a burger is awesome. I mean, is there another <laughs> those, answer? Uh, not that I know of. But anyway. Well, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but back back to the Blue Jays, uh, a good fried Blue Jay now and then. But anyway, um, <laughs> we got a poutine, anyway. a, uh, fried Blue Jay, quarter fried Blue Jay on the side. <laughs> Sounds like an order Tom would make. 
Uh, anyway, let's let's talk a little bit more about baseball here. Uh, a couple other things. Who knows where yeah. the Blue Jays will end up? We assume it's going to well, be. They haven't got long to figure it out because no, they don't. Because games start tomorrow. So, you know what? We've actually else. got a caller. Let's oh wow! Here, hello, caller. You're on. Wide men can't jump. Go ahead. Talking about gravy and barbecue sauce. What's going on, y'all? It's Naj, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. <laughs> What's up, man? It's, oh man, we haven't heard from you in forever. Yeah, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> it's all right, man. You know how it goes. Well, well, I'm down here in these divided states of America during the worst pandemic in a hundred years. But besides that, man, I'm cool. Man, you you just nailed it. I'm I'm up here in West Virginia, so I, I know that pain. Um, how how is the lovely the lovely Georgia? Uh, same as normal, just on fire. Yes, I'm. I'm getting the hell out of here, man. I'm a. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe Canada. I don't know if you guys are still not letting us in, but I uh, plan on coming up there. <laughs> um, Can't say I blame you. Yeah, yeah. You got you got any uh, you got any particular skills? Oh yeah, sell dope. Oh hell, hell. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the country, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's we, great, dude. We call that entrepreneurship up here. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's what Ricky on yeah, Trailer Park I Boys was, does. He got his grade ten, you know. Yeah, there's no such thing as a drug dealer in Canada now. That's just that's a that's a skill. That's a trade now. Yeah, yeah. I was I was told any ambitious entrepreneurial salesman of pharmaceuticals should go to Canada. It's a great place to be. Um, I think you're not far off there because we no. just, well, you know, I mean that 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 first one is legal now, so that's no problem at all. And you know that gets you a good customer base for maybe some of that other stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no issue from me. Come on up. Tell him I <laughs> tell him I said it was okay. Oh, okay. Sure, I'll just keep a note in my pocket. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't. I was told. Just tell them. Tim Tim said it was all right, and they'll know. (laughs) What's going on, though, y'all? Y'all getting ready for uh, – hockey's already going on, right? No, hockey starts August 1st. Oh, okay. My bad. Baseball fires up tomorrow. Baseball fires up tomorrow. Um, you know, we were talking about baseball. Let's see what you think down there. Uh, are you a you a Braves guy, or do you watch baseball? Like, what's what's, what's the the deal yeah, down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I follow baseball, but you know, don't really have a okay. fan of. I'm not really a fan of a team like that. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Uh, so Atlanta, you know, with the way they're doing things now for baseball season, there's no bubble. There's no just designated place like we thought there would be. They're just playing interleague, or they're they're playing divisional opponents only. What's what do you think about that with this pandemic going on and and all this? Is this smart for baseball? Do you think they'll get through the sixty game season? Ooh, sorry about that. A little beer going on, but uh, no, you're good. You know, all of the leagues, all of the leagues are taking on ambitious plans to try to run through a quick season 
uh, under the worst circumstances. They're basically all just hoping and praying things go well. More than likely, none of them finish the season. That's a, you know, that's a likely scenario that we see play out. But they have to try because why? We're all running out of stuff to watch. Uh, Hollywood and all these studios stopped recording months ago. So pretty soon there's going to be a glut <laughs> just of old stuff that people are watching and they're hoping to see something. So if any sports can get on TV during that period, they're going to do ridiculous ratings. TV contracts will be insane after this. But they're trying to take advantage of the moment the best way they can. But no matter what, this is risky. And it's it's not likely to be pulled off by any of the leagues. But they're all trying. And baseball historians are are rolling over in their graves. Tim Kirshen is almost drinking himself to death. You're doing a 60-game sample size of baseball? Like, bro, come on. Yeah, I read I read a whole uh, article where a bunch of purists were all upset because uh, there will be several records now that won't be able to be broken because it's not a 162-game schedule. So, uh, like the strikeout record, there's somebody that's in line to get, you know, whatever it is, 12 years with 300 strikeouts or whatever the numbers are but they won't be able to do it in a 60-game schedule. And we need an asterisk on everything now because the schedule is short. Yeah, you, you have a 10-game Cy Young winner. You know what I mean? Somebody might well, hit 400. That's and quite for the 60-game season, you, you actually play to what? Untalented teams because somebody can get hot for a stretch and do some things that they couldn't sustain during a regular baseball season. So – who knows, man? We may get chaos and anarchy, and I'm all there for that. So I'll be gambling. <laughs> Can't blame you there. Um, the NBA decided to go a different route. They go with the bubble. They have players come in. Everybody's in Orlando. They got this thing set up. And, uh, you know, successful so far, of course, because, you know, we're, we haven't really gotten too, too into it yet. But uh, day of zero, they tested. Nobody tests positive. So I think that that's some positive there. Again, I'm with you. I don't know if they're going if they'll get to finish the season. Uh, the NBA is lucky because they don't have to worry about a postseason. They're going straight into it, and it's all going to be there. Yeah, you know, if if anybody's got a chance to finish, I think it's the NBA. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. What what do you think of what the NBA's done so far, Nosh? Well, I mean, you laid it out. They're trying to do the bubble, which is the best thing they can do because their game, it involves so much contact and so much close, you know, closeness, I guess you could say on and off the court, as far as where people hang out, buses, all that stuff. But no matter what, man, you can't get away from this one thing. This disease for sports is it has a cluster effect. So if you're the NBA, uh, you can lose LeBron. I know some people say, oh, if LeBron gets sick, they're going to shut it down. No, 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 no. It ain't about LeBron or whatever superstar. It's about the cluster effect. If you get four people on one team to get it and then four on another, then what do you do? Okay, who are they in contact with? What teams were close to them? That's how this thing could just fall apart real quick. If you don't just get one or two isolated cases spaced out, if you just get a cluster effect, that ruins everything. But, again, they have to do it. You have to be ambitious. You have to give it a shot. So, supposedly, they're doing everything in their power to make it happen. I was excited that they're doing it because they were so close to the end of the season. Uh, the The season basically ceased on March 11th was when the last games were played, and then the NBA announced their shutdown, and then everybody else followed after that. The NBA made the first move there. They had the tests. 
in Oklahoma City. You know, we we were live on the air when that happened, and and uh, it was wild. But you know, the NBA shuts down. Now they're back. I'm, you know, we watched the TBT. I don't know if you did. We were really into oh, yeah, the I TBT. Watched. Um, yeah. I, I liked the way they handled things there. I thought they did a good job. We had an interview here with some of the guys that played in it. Um, you know, friends of the show and stuff. What What were your thoughts on the TBT? Were you entertained by it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good, man. It was good to see live sports. It was good to see basketball. Uh, it was definitely, you know, better than what I expected as far as a product. You know, some of the players were pretty good. Uh, Joe Johnson should be ashamed of himself for trying to take the money out of young, striving <laughs> men's hands. It was kind of, it was kind of beautiful thing that they didn't win it. Like, oh, come on, Joe, you made you made over two hundred million. You gonna take the hundred k from these these grinders out here, man, trying to get their pro money on? I didn't like that little aspect of it, but that's Joe. But overall, man. Good games. It was good to see, and you got to see how how an organization would try to handle this. Uh, there was one team I think that had no. There were two teams that they ended up having to send home and just advance uh, the next team to the next round uh, because they caught a case. Now they're doing that yeah. with nowhere near uh, the the resources that the NBA did. So that's a good sign that they were able to play that tournament. But yeah, man, it, it was fun watching that dude. Yeah, we were really into the uh, the herd that. T- that was uh, who we were kind of pulling for, you know, me being in West Virginia with, uh, you know, my Marshall connections yeah, here. West and, Virginia, that's why, huh? And yep. That's what you're going with. Yep. I regret <laughs> nothing. Every, every white person in North America was rooting for that frat boy team. And salute to them. O.T. Elmore <laughs> is the illest ah. dude out there. Like, there's no way that dude should be able to score on people and pass and do what he does. <laughs> Looking like he does at this point in his Lincoln. life, but dude, the boy got game, man. I, I, it was rocking the, rocking the dad body, something fierce. Hey, y'all laugh. Ot Elmore, Ot Elmore made the first ever. To put it out, it's official. The he made the all goat, G O A T, greatest of all time, T B T team. Uh, and he was actually really? the only member of it. Even his brother had to respect it, though, dude. You had yeah, to you got to like, give credit where, is where credit is due because he he played really really well. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a friend. He's a, no... he's a friend what? of the show. He he knows us. You know, I, I've had some contact with him. I'm trying to get him on the show once because he's a really cool dude. Um, you know, I got a lot of connections with Marshall through some guys I went to high school with and Stevie Browning, who was on that team. Uh, he, you know, he's been on here several times. Great guy, man. It's just really cool that those guys were able to do what they did. They beat Floyd Mayweather's team, which had pros on it. And these guys come in and, you know, John Elmore shooting from, you know, the middle of nowhere. And they were the Cinderella team in that tournament. And it was wild to watch them. I enjoyed it. I was rooting for them so hard, but Joe Johnson just went out there and went to work, man. Nothing you could do with him. Yeah, I mean, he still got it. So, I mean, it was, it's nice to see that he still has it, but he still shouldn't have been out there. And I uh, I guess it's I Elmore. I, I kept calling that dude O.T. Elmore all this time, which does sound more fly, I will say. But yeah, he should adopt he that. I'm all for the it. smoke. Yeah, he wants all the smoke. Like, if, if you want to say a little joke about him on social media, 
that dude will get right in your mentions and go at you. Man, like, he is funny, man. I like that dude. Now, the Steve Browning guy, y'all friend of the show, yeah. he ended up dropping out of a game, or he didn't play in a game, and I didn't get the news quick enough, so I lost the bet based on y'all friend of the show. I, I, will, I will, you know, have to state that for the record. I understand. He owes me he, money. Uh, he t- <laughs> I'll let him know. I'll let him know. He twisted his ankle, like, really bad. His ankle was swollen, like, terribly yeah. swollen. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell him. I'll message him right now. I've got. Will you, uh, will, you, will you take that in Canadian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's my one complaint about the TBT. They didn't understand. Look, gamblers are going to gamble on anything, so yeah. you need to have Especially the injury now. reports and everything up to date. Starting lineups, everything. We need all that. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Uh, they they didn't update they didn't, that as, as well as you would like. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't do a very good job in the statistical end of things either. It was hard to track down, you know, yeah. who did what during the games. I mean, you could find it, but you really had to dig for it. No. Yeah, and John yeah. Elmore kind of was lighting Joe and company on fire in that first half of that game. I thought they were going to pull it off, man, because he yeah. was hot. He was like that in the NCAA tournament whenever Marshall played Wichita State. Um, they got in the tournament, you know, as it's called, it's hillbilly ball is what it's called. The D'Antoni system of playing. Uh, hey, you laugh. That's what we call it here. Uh, yeah, that's just, a, it's <laughs> not a PC. You can't call it hillbilly ball Wait a minute. Was this Wichita Why? State when they had those guys there for 15 years? No, no, no. This was post now, this was post-Ron Baker. This was after him. Okay. That dude was at Wichita State for 15 years. I swear he was. Yeah. He was there as and long those, as Perry Ellis was And for Kansas. those that don't know, Ron Baker and Fred Van Fleet do not look like what you think their names say they look like. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Just, but now he was, he was there so long. I'm going to comment on that. And... <laughs> Oh, come on, man. You know it's the truth. You know we it is true. You thought I mean, he looked the same okay, way. You know what? I'm Fred gonna, Van Fleet. I'm going to go there. I mean, I don't know a whiter-looking dude than Ron Baker. He is, he's pretty Gary white. Black name? Gary Black name? <laughs> and Fred Van Fleet? <laughs> same thing. <laughs> the young black man named Fred Van Fleet. Not expected. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not, and I'm. I'm going to say you're not wrong on that. Uh, no, no, I like not. up here. So many people call him Von Fleet for some reason. It's like, you know, I don't. Most know Most people, people pronounce it with the F. It's actually with a V. It's Fred yeah, Van Vliet. Yeah, not not Van, Van Vliet. Vliet. Yeah, Van oh, Vliet okay. with a V. It, it hey, took man, me a long after time. You, after you got. Steph Curry calling for help in the finals, man. You get to say your name any way you want to, man. Exactly. He's live with that memory this forever. is true. Yeah, you're, that's fair enough. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful Switch. to watch, too. Switch! Help! Yeah. He couldn't do anything with him. <laughs> Everyone don't realize this. They talk about Steph Curry oh, and how great he is. And he's a great shooter. Maybe the best shooter in NBA history when he's when he's done. When he's done, Maybe. But this dude could not guard Fred Van Vliet, the backup point guard for the Toronto Raptors. Now, granted, he's probably the best back. Yeah, he was working him, man. Tearing him apart in the finals. It wasn't even close. Right. And I loved every second of it. I could take that all day. (laughs) 
Okay, so gambling tips for the NBA. Oh, man. Things, All right. things we haven't thought about. Okay, here Can we, we go. This? Number one. Let's do it. We we don't know who can shoot in an empty gym and who can't. Empty gyms mess True. up your depth perception. Uh, some people can't shoot free throws when nobody's there. Some people can only shoot free throws when nobody's there. Shooting is going to be a big thing in this, and you're going to find out real quick who it bothers to play in a AAU-style empty gym. Think yeah. about that when you're gambling, man. Some of these guys are going to hurt you. Uh, the other well. thing, and this is the part where I don't even like to give this away, but we're not going to see many upsets. When the playoffs start, you don't get mm-hmm. the home cooking anymore. You don't get the two games at home with the refs kind of on your side and the crowd kind of amping you up, giving you that adrenaline. Nope, we're going to yeah. see a lot of 4-0, 4-1, 4-4-4. whole lot of higher seeds thumping lower seeds. I think you're right. I think you're dead on there, especially with the, the the higher seeds, because neutral courts and neutral environments normally help. Now, sometimes you can get like, oh well, you know, like the big the Big Twelve tournament they play it in Kansas, so Kansas has always got a bigger crowd than most everybody else. But you know, neutral sites that just that they neutralize that advantage that you would have on the home court. So I think you're right on that. You're not going to see teams that may sneak away with a, a win that they shouldn't have got wearing down another team or, or catching one. Do, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of 4-0, 4-1s, do you think especially we're going to see early. Any, uh, any difference in the refereeing? You're not going to mm-hmm. have you, – you, well, you're not going to have crowds making uh, calls. That That's totally eliminated because you, you, some guys are really good at drawing that sort of thing. Um no home court advantage, so that's gone. I mean, I know, it has to be there, right? I mean, that's a good point. It has to be there. I mean, being Canadian and all, they've been talking about it a lot in the hockey that, you know, the crowd gets pumped when a team, you know, mm-hmm. gets, on, gets, gets on a bit of a roll. They get pumped, and that almost always draws a call from the referees. Almost always. Now you don't have it. You know, I mean, the refs are only humans, you know, when 20,000 people scream out, you know, in disgust because some guy got fouled or they think he got fouled. Yeah, that, I mean, they're, they're professionals, but it's got to affect you a tiny bit. There's no way it can't. Um, Otherwise, we wouldn't have the word makeup call. Like, we've seen that, it at every right. level of sports. Right. So it has so, to affect them a little bit. So then, then that leads to, okay, so if that possibly is a problem, or not a problem, but is something different, uh, how are teams going to get momentum? Mm. How do you how do you go about grabbing that when normally that is kind of the job of the home crowd to sort of or to silence a crowd if you're the visitor, and now suddenly you've got squeaky shoes and crickets for background. Huh? That raises the importance of energy, guys. So guys who just are normally just have a higher running motor than everybody and just are always extra, extra, those kind of guys probably become more valuable. I'm thinking uh, the guy in the Clippers, the backup big, plays the all uh, the time. Boban? Uh-uh. Not, no, Montrez uh, Harrell. Montrez Harrell, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys like that probably become a little more annoying. I yeah, I can see that. I think they almost have to. Uh, yeah, I, yep. I'm curious as to 
see how some of it's going to play out where you see guys who are normally maybe not that emotional of players, or at least they're not outwardly anyway. And, you know, some guys, like, I mean, I'm old enough. I remember when, you know, a guy would go down and slam one down on somebody's face and the crowd would go crazy and he'd hang on the bucket for a second or two and stare the guy down as he went back up the court. The crowd's going wild. You're not going to get that anymore. Uh-oh. I forgot. The Energizer Bunny, Russell Westbrook. Everybody yeah, else uh, might be a little lethargic. Uh, Russ is going to come to play, Corona or or not. Like, Russ is going to be <laughs> running 100 miles an hour. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I you, think, you already know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's – I think we saw it in oh, the yeah. CBT when – when uh, the heard that kind of ran, like at least the first game anyway, they ran at them and they really had a hard time mustering up any kind of response because it's hard to find anything to grab a hold of to respond with when you're getting pounded. Yeah, and, and Westbrook is one of those guys where he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get rattled very often. He's one of those guys, and he's going to try and score. That's just what he does. If Harden, if he thinks Harden's having an off night, Harden misses too many shots. Westbrook's just going to go to the rim, and he can do that. He's so fast. He's never tired. You know, Energizer Bunny, like Nas said, that's perfect to describe him. Uh, He's going to bring a lot of energy to that Rockets team. This may be the the thing that benefits the Rockets a lot. And what I mean by that is this is a team that, you know, I think they're going to – I don't think they're going to win because of their lack of defense and their lack of depth, but – I think this is a team that can benefit from being rested and being in that zone where they don't have to worry about the crowd noise so much. Because you ever hear that Houston crowd when those guys miss a three? It sounds like the air mm-hmm. gets let out of the building. So now uh, they miss a three. Yeah, well, well, you hear you it. You have to remember, they did almost suffer a death <laughs> worse than any other crowd has suffered. Losing a game seven at home, missing twenty seven threes in a row. Like that's, oh, that's a traumatic experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't I ain't saying that their groans aren't well earned groans. They Plunging definitely are. Nice deep that was because wow. Yeah. That was a collapse <laughs> of Greg Norman proportions. Right. But I, I think yeah, you're right it was on bad. Houston, though, because the biggest thing that's gonna suffer from everybody taking all that time off and coming back is your sets aren't going to be crisp. Y'all, y'all remember coming back from Christmas break, basketball practice? So your sets oh, yeah. are not going to be crisp. You're going to run, you know, the stuff you're really good at. You're probably going to junk all the other stuff you tried to put in. So Houston, with their little freestyle, freelance, Russ got it or Harden got it, this actually, you know what I mean? This actually puts them at an yeah. advantage. Because yeah, they weren't going to execute great offense anyway. Like, Knowing the Dan Tonys like I do – I don't even think they have plays. Uh, and I'm pretty – actually, knowing you know, Stevie, who played who played for Dan D'Antoni, he told us, he said, we didn't have play calls. He said, most of these guys that are in the TBT are running sets that, you know, they used to run in college. He said, we don't have sets. We just play ball. We just run. And that's what D'Antoni does. So, that's going to benefit them, I believe, especially if Harden comes in in shape. And these guys come in in shape. The guy who – the team to watch, in my opinion, in the first couple of weeks is going to be the Miami Heat because Jimmy Butler is probably having those guys doing squats at 4 a.m. Um, every day. Like he, 
<laughs> they don't even need a trainer. They've got Jimmy Butler. <laughs> and you definitely don't want to be in the bubble with an angry Jimmy no, Butler. No, I, I wouldn't want to be in the bubble with happy Jimmy Butler. Yeah, <laughs> Screw I mean, that yeah, guy. But he is not going to be happy. Insane. The fact that they are under some type of quarantine is going to piss Jimmy Butler off on a good day, let alone with all the other stuff going on. And Jimmy, Jimmy cannot be a happy guy right now. Well, he probably somebody calls a snitch line. Uh, somebody's <laughs> dribbling a basketball really hard at three in the morning. They go up to the room. It's Jimmy Butler. So <laughs> we actually played some. We actually played some audio earlier from the uh, CBS parody of the NBA snitch line. They said somebody's oh, doing God. box jumps in their room. They said, oh, "Get us yeah, Jimmy Butler's good. number." <laughs> yeah, that was good. I heard that. that yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy's a piece of work, but you know what? He's a damn fine basketball player in the same breath. So hey, I can't take it away from him. He's a great player. He's a piece of shit, but he is a great. No, he's a great ball player. I won't even go that far. I would say he's. A very I will. High, You're he's not a very high strung. I don't care. He's a very high strung individual, and he's right on the edge a lot of times. So are a lot of guys, and he's a little bit more vocal than some of the other guys. And to be honest, I kind of find that a bit refreshing some days. I like it when they yeah, it, cause some, it, a little bit you, of controversy. If you're on your side, you like them. If you right. yeah, you like them. If you're on your, your side, team, you like them. You don't mind them yeah. too much, but if he's on the other side of the court, you're not a big fan. Oh, no. Yeah. You're right. He also he will break up your locker room. I know that much. I've had it with that guy. But speaking of my wolves, let's let's dive into this since we're yeah, all. Yeah, it was probably good for you. I got Wiggins out of town, so hey. Hallelujah, <laughs> getting rid of Glenn Taylor. Selling ownership of their oh. franchise. The people that own the Minnesota Vikings are interested, and there's also a coalition with Kevin Garnett that are interested in buying the Wolves. Yeah, Ziggy Wolf said he's going to buy the Timberwolves, then he's going to get the electric company, the water company, and he'll have the whole monopoly of Minnesota. Like, get, get the hell out of here, man. You already got one team. What's that? Let Garnett get it. Somebody else get it. Like I, told, uh, I told Nathan, I mean, they already have been – charged uh, and were convicted of racketeering and all kinds of things, they don't need an NBA franchise. Let somebody else have a shot at one. And you know what? To be honest, if Kevin Garnett can put together the money with a a couple other dudes and he can make that happen, all for it. I think that would be a really good move for the NBA. But I got serious doubts about KG's group really having a chance because I feel like Glenn Taylor (laughs) – we're waiting to the final hour just to turn down KG. And screw him. One more time. Oh, yeah. Glenn, Taylor, Glenn, Taylor's, Glenn Taylor's dying word will be something negative towards Kevin Garnett. Oh, my God. Okay, wait for him. Did they announce they bought it? Did they announce it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, pull the deal. <laughs> hate Glenn I Taylor, man. That, man. Oh, I, I could very easily could. He is a uh, well. What you, the words you used to describe Jimmy Butler, I would use to describe him. Oh, Glenn uh, Taylor! Of, Glenn Taylor's shit. a bigger piece of shit than Jimmy Butler could dream of. He, yeah, he is a, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't even want. Yeah, we. There's just no defending that guy. None. And he's one of the worst owners song. I've ever seen. Oh yeah, he's always been terrible. Bought that team for a song. Now he can sell him for a couple bills. And but you know, man, man, I want to put. I, I just want a winner. I just want a winner. No, you don't. This is the you man who allowed them to get in trouble for paying Joe Smith under the table, which should have been oh, a fireball as a owner. Like, what, oh, you breaking the rules yeah. for Joe Smith? Get out of here. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I mean, like I said, regardless of who they sell it to, it just doesn't need, and I say this with all, you know, political uncorrectness, it doesn't need to be another old white dude who doesn't give a crap about the sport, could care less whether the franchise won or not, and is really only interested in making another buck. Now, I don't blame them for wanting to make a buck, but you can at least put some of a product on the court that somebody might want to watch. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's something that needs to be talked about amongst all sports, though. Like, you have to have a, a, a Mark Cuban-like template as far as who you want. Somebody who's willing to spend money, cares about the sport, and is really going to invest in it in a way that, you know, they're, they're giving the fans a good product as opposed to a bean counter who just has the team, and that's one of their biggest assets. It's like, okay, dude, you're not rich enough. Don't let that dude in there. Like, you, you can't penny pinch with this. Because if you no, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was – yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, not going to be good for your league. Overall, it's a recipe so I, yeah, doesn't work. I mean, we've seen it before with smaller market franchises where I guess the really, really rich guys don't see the market as being big enough to make the investment, so they don't. And then you get a guy in there who, by our standards, is disgustingly rich, but by you know NBA ownership standards, isn't, and he doesn't really want to sink. You know, the guy's worth, you know, close to a bill or something, but he doesn't really want to stay, uh, sink a $250, $350, $400 million into a franchise unless he's guaranteed that he's going to make his money back in five years or some ridiculous number that these guys dream up. I mean, you got to – I mean, it would be helpful if the guy who owned the team was at least a fan of the sport. You know? uh, look at poor Furtada down there in Houston begging Adam, Adam, please let me get my restaurant as the, as the go-to order for the, for the people to order food from in the book. Like, hey, that's supposed to be the, the, the dignity of an owner, the fact that you had to campaign to make sure your yeah. restaurants and the players so, got to order from. Like, sadly, you know. it's, sadly, it's like everything else these days. It's, it, you know, you hear one thing comes out of their lips, but we really know the only thing that matters is the bottom line to most of these people. They don't really give a shit about anything. They don't care about people. They don't care about their players all that much. And uh, you know, do we make money this year? Wonderful. <laughs> it's like, dude, get into real estate. Be a hedge fund guy or something. Yeah, make money. Well, sports alone. Let the fans enjoy their damn team. Don't I mean, get out When's of here the last time you heard of a guy besides Cuban? And I'll give Cuban credit. I'm not a big fan of his, but I'll give him credit. At least he cares about what happens on the court in that city. I mean, most of these guys. No, he definitely sure does. You, yeah, most of the guys who own teams. I'm sure, if you ask them, can you name your starting lineup? <laughs> Got nothing. Um, right. Well, well, uh, let me see now. We're uh, <laughs> all looking around at the ceiling and their shoot tops. Trying to, are you on a basketball team? Really? <laughs> and then Taylor would be like, uh, Stephon Marbury. <laughs> Pulling some shit out from 40 years ago because it's the last time they saw a game. You know, it's it's not beneficial to the sport. I realize that, you know, they don't want to see a team fold either. But like you said earlier, I mean, the the owner of the Minnesota Vikings does not need to own the Minnesota Timberwolves. He just doesn't. Well, apparently Taylor, I, I didn't put two and two together. He also owns the Lynx as well. And the Iowa Wolves, which is the, the G League franchise. So, I, I don't know how much he's yeah. selling, if it's just the Wolves. The so Lynx are very successful. 
So I'm not sure if he will buy if he will sell all of it or just the wolves or, or, what, or what have you. Does the NBA require every owner to be on board, or just a majority if the team gets sold? You know, I'm. Yeah, I thought it was sure. majority too, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know 100 percent there. Uh, I'll do a little research. Uh, we'll see what we can come but up I mean, with there. But I'm not don't like you. If they really don't like you, you won't be anywhere close to the majority anyway. Though. That's that's yeah. right. the guarantee. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll make sure that you don't <laughs> don't get it. But that's wrong too. I mean, that's that's another thing that needs fixing. Is you know, we all well, I shouldn't say all. Most of us with functioning. Cerebral cortexes will admit that that old boys club shit's got to stop. You know, it's been going on for too long. It hurts the game for the people who really care about it. So, I mean, that's one way to to stop some of it is, okay, let's get some fresh blood in here. It doesn't need to be some 75-year-old guy who doesn't, like as I said, doesn't care about the sport, doesn't know any of the players, uh, can't identify with the basketball culture because it is – whether people want to admit it or not, it does have its own, you know, every sport's got its own culture and you should kind of at least make a, some attempt to understand it because you'd have a more yeah, successful well, franchise if you did. Yeah. But well, there's the other thing too, like the single owner, rich archetype guy, uh, what's, what's Howard Hughes type eccentric billionaire guy. They make you uh, vulnerable as well because whatever activity they do reflects on the whole franchise. So if you get a Dan Snyder, who we saw this past couple of weeks, what happened to Dan well, Snyder? Or we don't need a Donald Sterling. Like, yeah, we don't need a repeat. Yeah, we don't need to repeat it. No, but think about it. Think about it. If you have an ownership group, you're somewhat protected from that because if somebody does some stuff, then that guy's out. But the group continues. Somebody buys their shares, and you continue on. But the one guy thing, you're uniquely vulnerable. Look, how long does Jerry Jones have before he embarrasses the Cowboys organization in a way to where they have to say Jerry is not involved in day-to-day operations? Sir, the 2020 season. Sir, that happened (laughs) 10 years ago. What are you talking about? Uh, I'm saying something worse. This is Jerry we're talking about now. Come on, man. It's Jerry. Well, well, again, Jerry, Jerry, though, he's got, like, upper-level rich man money. Mm-hmm. Like he he just uh, like well yeah when he gets into trouble he just kills and or buries his problems. Let's be serious. I mean guys like that don't they really got to screw up in spades because yeah they can't get, and it's always the ones close to you who actually stick the knife in you. Yeah yeah young take, Steven, yeah who you have wiping somebody, your glasses off on TV. <laughs> yeah it'll it'll take somebody from inside the organization to sink that guy. Yeah. Because he's got too much money to be sunk by just some regular person complaining. He just takes care of the problem. How rich people take care of problems. You know, they get out the old check. They get out the old checkbook, and you know, money talks. Sad, but it's true. I've not been able to find if it's a majority or all. I'm (laughs) again. I've looked. I'm not finding that information. I apologize, but um, it, it at least has to be a majority. Not sure if it's. All of it or not, but you know we'll have to wait and see. Right. Uh, I do want to bring this up. Did you see the starting lineup tonight for the New Jersey Nets or oh the Brooklyn God. Nets? It's gonna say who are the oh New Jersey God. Nets? But... There's Levert. <laughs> Could they win the? And TV then things get. No, I'm just joking. I'm yeah. Joking. God, shoot, they they wouldn't have won. 
Timothy Lawu Cabaret, Jared Allen, Garrett Temple, and Chris Chazua. And he played at Florida. He was undrafted. Uh, I've never heard oh, that a, name. He's an infamous 10-day guy. Like He's gotten 10 yeah. days everywhere over the past Well, he's years, starting. So he's, a, he's one of those. Yeah, he is starting. <laughs> uh, the rest of the – man, this is a – this is a Band-Aid team if I've ever seen it here. I'm surprised they didn't go out and sign Kurt Thomas with all that's going on right now or bring back Reggie <laughs> Evans. This is bad. <laughs> this, well, y'all, this is bad. <laughs> Keith okay, Van Horn so will return to Brooklyn. No, I'm kidding. The, they got the beat reason... in a scrimmage game. They got beat in a scrimmage game against the Pelicans, who are not the best team in the – you know, but, they're, they're but not the, the best. And Zion's not even because... there. Their starters just don't want to play. No, starters aren't there. Their starters aren't there. Because they're not in the bubble yet, or it's not there? They're not coming. (laughs) They they said that's Kyrie Irving and company. They said, screw it, we're not coming. I wanted wanted you to say it. I just was trying to get you. No, no, no. Kyrie had had shoulder surgery close to the end of the season, so that was a no-go. Yeah, he gets a pass. Yeah, to Durant last year, there's no way in hell you go roll the dice again with Durant's Achilles. Nah, and I don't blame Durant. That'd be crazy. I don't blame Durant at all. You get a pass. DeAndre Jordan opted out as well. DeAndre Jordan opted out as well. But they got beat ninety nine to sixty eight in a scrimmage game <laughs> against the Pelicans without Zion. Well, they scored sixty eight though, so you got to give them that. There's yeah, that. big scorer <laughs> on the night was uh, was the Musa was the leading was scorer cool. with eleven points. Jared Allen did have a double double, ten points, ten rebounds. It was it was ninety to ninety to sixty eight. You said ninety nine to sixty eight. Okay, so what was the over under on this game? <laughs> oh, man, Vegas, Vegas letting you bet. If Vegas was letting <laughs> bet on the uh, the over under of a scrimmage game, I need to go. I need well, to go to my I, bookie. Okay, but the, yeah, but the reason I say that is, is now we we talked about it earlier. That's the kind of thing. Once the games actually start, where like, okay, oh. what's what's the what's the Vegas line going to be on a game with the Nets in it? Oh, Adam Silver get his stuff together. You guys are yeah. partners with gambling. No, none of that. Acting like you're club gambling and all of that. You're partners now. Well, yeah, because we want our cut of the money. We didn't we didn't like it when we weren't getting anything, but now that we're getting some <laughs> now that we're getting paid, we love this. This is great. Right. <laughs> and, and and this year it was beautiful. We got synchronized starting lineups every day. We knew what time the lineups were coming out. We got the news beforehand. No more of that surprises after tip off. Oh, such and such yeah. is not playing. Like you mother <laughs> I hope so. I've got twenty. I put twenty five dollars down on the Clippers to win the championship. Uh, I forgot what odds I got on it, but it, it was decent odds. But my big one, though, I put uh, I put fifty bucks down on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the uh, the Super Bowl this year. So you can, we'll see. You can kiss that money goodbye. Hey, you never know. You never yeah. know. No, you know, and I you got never it. know, but. I got twenty six to one odds on it. I could not pass that up. Okay. Plus we have so no they idea. Hit. Good odds. Yeah, we have no well, yeah, idea. Yeah, I got it before the official Brady announcement gonna, came out. Yeah, we don't know what football is going to look like either. Uh, exactly. There's a pretty there's a pretty good chance that it is not going to be uh, 
quote unquote normal season. Probably not anyway. So not to mention looking, that uh, old man is going down. That old man is gonna get hurt badly. So many later. times you can come back. He's gonna get yeah, knocked I mean, the hell out. Or later. Okay, you can bet but twenty six to one, you can't beat that. You can bet on yeah, the I, Sacramento I Miami Heat game on my bookie right now, Nathan. So there you go. I'll be damned. I guess you can bet on Degenerate. some games. Degenerates are blessed. <laughs> I might get in there. I just like to I add that the, uh, the over-under is 178. Um, I'm probably going to take the over on that one. <laughs> That's a big number. Right? I guess actually not really. No, not that. really. I mean, that's what? 90, yeah. 90, 90s, 180s. So not really that big a number. Yeah, but we're assuming You're they're not going to turn the ball over a lot and shoot badly. Look at it this way. The uh, over-under for the Clippers-Lakers game July 30th is 218. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, that seems a little I don't know, man. They're halfway, they're halfway through the third quarter, and it's 61 to 50. I don't know. And they're yeah. – and the, you got to yeah. remember. Got to yeah, remember, they though, they're not playing – well, they're not playing their starters, though, because this is just a scrimmage game. A lot yeah, of those starters aren't coming back in. That's the thing with exhibition uh, games. You have no idea who's going to see the court and for how long. Yeah. Apparently, Jimmy Butler, <laughs> right. pro- Jimmy Butler said he was going to play 40 minutes tonight. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> 20 of them for the Kings. <laughs> he probably would if they'd let him. After, after the Miami guys make him mad, he's going to switch jerseys. At halftime, quite the other it's what team. he does. It's what he does. He did it in Chicago. He did it in Minnesota. Yeah. He did it in Philly. They can't even do that. They're not allowed to. Uh, that's one of the rules. You can't uh, can't swap jerseys no more. That's nah. not allowed. That's not allowed in the bubble. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, look, look. Let, let's say this though. At least the NBA and MLB are being proactive. The NFL is just rolling out stuff like it's business as usual. They're like, okay, how about one preseason game? And everybody's like, dude, why the hell are you trying to play these preseason games? You ain't even getting the game. Like, what are you Suddenly talking these about? Pre, yeah, these preseason They're games. like, well, we're going to have 20,000 fans. Like, what? Yeah, everybody what hates them. Everybody, the players hate them. The fans hate them. Nobody watches them. And yet we just got to <laughs> figure out a way to get one in there somehow. Just, I mean, I kind of so understand why they want to get one. I kind of do because you don't want to go out. Well, no, you don't want to pl- go. If the players don't want one, which they well, don't. Well, if the players don't, then I don't understand. Well, they but. don't. The, P- the PA doesn't want it, and the players don't want it. So why does the league want it? There's only one reason. Money. You got it. We put that yeah, sucker on TV. All money ain't good money. Why would you put an exhibition game on where people could possibly get infected to mess up your money games? Like, like it makes no we sense. Don't care. Yes, it doesn't. But you're make not even. You're right. But normally, look, look. Care. Normally, we get four preseason games, and you understand that the owners still sell tickets, so they get paid, yeah. they get concessions, they get all that. But you don't have that for this. Correct. So why would you do it? It's way more risk than reward. What? Yeah, I don't know. They want one, I guess. Who knows? I don't. I, mean, I believe Jerry. The only, I believe Jerry okay. is leading the charge. Give me one. Yeah. I'm on one preseason. <laughs> I think Jerry's doing. It. I'm I can fill, I can fill this motherfucker right up to the top. 110,000. <laughs> Texans. Texans don't get COVID. It doesn't happen here. 
Haven't you seen this? Texas is a big country. I got a scientist of my own over here. He says you don't need six feet of social distancing. <laughs> that ain't nothing but liberal lies. You can do it at two and a half. So we can get that stadium half full here now. <laughs> wasn't, there a, wasn't there a fake article on The Onion, Nate, about something about uh, – I can't even remember who it was. might even have been Jerry Jones was the target that uh, is making the argument that Martin Luther King would really, really want a full season of football. That was just like you guys. I mean, but it's so true. Sad, but it's true. I could see Jerry. Yeah, Jerry would they, twist they, it. Oh, like, think about what they do. They get in those rooms and they brainstorm and they come out and they're like, "Look, we can't give them guaranteed contracts. Can't give them more money. Can't give them bigger, bigger piece of the pie. Tell them we'll do the black national anthem before the game. Give them that. Give them that. Like, they're just old, decrepit, out of touch." Crazy people, which is what they should be called, man. Call them crazy white yeah. people. It's okay because yeah, they no, are. We're, yeah, we're not in disagreement. I mean, there is something to be said for all of that. Sooner Anything later, you Jerry's... ask for, no. Anything you don't want, we'll give you. That's the motto. Right, but they want to do what? They want to put something on their jerseys? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Why? <laughs> Can't have that. They don't understand the simple concept of rebellion causes causes it, it needs you to be rebelling against authority. You have to rage against the machine. So the NBA players say, "Yeah, we want to put some stuff on our jerseys." And Adam Silver's like, "Cool, which I want to put on there. I ain't got no problem with that." And he's like, "Damn, they don't have the same cachet, man. Once the t- once the boss is with you, it, it don't mean as much." So they didn't want to do it because then it became a corporate type thing. The NFL players. The NFL uh, owners stonewall them at every turn when if they just complied a little bit, it would take all the steam away and it wouldn't even be political at that point. But they've been fighting this fight for the last four years and they just want it. They just don't continue to be wrong because well, they're stupid. I mean, we got to, you always uh, have to. And, and of course, there. Roger Goodell, Roger yeah. Goodell's a dumb shit. So, I mean, I mean you're not going to get any, the, anything good out of him. Yeah, between him and Rob Manfred, I, they, you know, they, they, they fight for worst commissioner in sports. You know, they kind of hot potato it back and forth between the two of them. Rob it, Manford. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going to never live never. the Houston thing down, man. He ain't going to ever live no. that down. No, never going to happen. Never well, going to live that down. You know, we, we wanted to we, – we've settled on a 60-game season, but it was never going to be anything else because we were never going to agree to anything else. Okay, why, well, yeah, yes. why would you say that? Right. You why would you come out, out and loud, say that? You moron. <laughs> like, like, Rob, that's a live mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't figure that one out. Like, did nobody, like, doesn't he have somebody that looks at his press releases before he reads them? He's kind of like, um, a certain he's kind of like Ron words. Burgundy. Oh, I thought he No, nah, he's like Ron Burgundy. Like a, he, if you put it on the teleprompter, he's going to say it. He's going to read it. it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no. So he's kind of like a certain someone who we won't name who tends to put his foot <laughs> in his mouth quite often. Every um, politician ever. Yeah. Yeah, but that dude would benefit from reading the teleprompter. His problem is he will not. He'll read a couple <laughs> lines and then start freestyling. Like, dude, you're not the best freestyle rapper. <laughs> you probably shouldn't do that. Like, no, I got you. Yeah, he he made the stuff up, and the other guy, unfortunately, he can't remember what he made up. 
to say. He just gives you the old. Um, uh, now, what am I talking about now? I saw him mm-hmm. yesterday, and I, I hate to pick on either of them. I'm not an American, so well, but, they're both you know, dumb shit. So it's but, okay. yeah, but, but it is what it is. When you when you got a guy, I mean, okay, whether you're right or left, it doesn't matter to me. It is what it is. You got one guy up there who's the guy in power who just makes up outrageous shit faster than people can fact check it. Then they cut to the other guy who's supposed to be the the alternative, I guess. And he's somewhere in the United States, but he's not sure where. So he's just saying North South Carolina because he's not sure which one he's in. So he's actually literally going, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be in North South Carolina. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, okay, I mean, <laughs> lesser of two evils maybe, I don't know, but not a lot of hope well, there. It, just, uh, who gets in there? <laughs> put, it, put it like this. If you were on a plane and you had to pick – the pilot. You got one pilot who's the old guard pilot who used to fly the previous generation planes, doesn't know how to fly this one, but he's going to hire two co-pilots to fly with him. That's his selling point. Hey, I got these other guys around me. They're going to do the stuff. Then you got the other guy who's like, man, I'm pissed off. I don't like this plane. I don't like you. Half of the people on this plane can go to hell. I'll crash this month <laughs> if y'all don't do what I say. <laughs> At a certain point, you have to say... The crazy person who is threatening to kill everybody is the bigger problem. Like that. Now, now uh, Nash, this is not a perfect plane. This plane is only partially perfect. <laughs> it was more perfect when I got on it. Now it is a perfect plane. <laughs> this plane and is... it would change uh, from day to day. The passengers yeah. he liked it would be a perfect plane. Uh, yeah, see, these people are perfect. It's a perfect plane. You see, it's never been flown this well. Oh, this but guy's then... been bad from the very beginning. From the very beginning, I told you this guy was bad. <laughs> this plane is very patriotic, and we saw its rockets red glaring. Proud. Number one plane. We're going to do great things with this plane. This is the worst cartoon villain bullshit I've ever seen in my life. And look, uh, I, told y'all, whiplash. Year, I, I told y'all years ago that Americans were crazy, and I told y'all that race would be a huge factor in what becomes our decline. And you're seeing it right now. Well, this dude figured yeah, out right. that he could grab the nation by the mm if he just played a little bit with his racial clitoris. And because of that, he's got a <laughs> strong uh, group of folks who are behind him no matter what yep. he does. Oh, it's sorry if I got you in trouble for saying that. Well, no, no, no you're Because the facts are that, you know, it's really kind of what, kind of close to 50-50 from the outside looking in. Nobody's got, everybody's mad. Let's be honest. Everyone's PO'd. Nobody has any real, or at least nobody's listening to anybody that might have anything significant to say that makes sense. Because it's mostly... I don't want to offend anybody, but it is a lot of outrage. I understand the outrage. Oh, dude, it ain't the outrage. It's the flooding of the zone. We can't even talk about budgetary matters, systemic matters, or things day-to-day governing and things like that. No, no, Because they flood the zone with just trash stories of infighting and crazy stuff every day. Left, right, left, right. It ain't really left, left, right. right. Well, no, but it is. The media media is left, right, left, right, left, right. Depending on... We, we got a whole baby boomer generation who did not grow up with computers, 
who got put in front of those computers and addicted to Facebook memes and YouTube videos, <laughs> and they think they're learning things. That's what the and, issue and is. Twitter, right? That's what where, where there has never been a tweet ever made in the history of mankind that wasn't 100% correct. <laughs> And let's not forget, let's not forget these people. They're also making sure their Facebook farms are well kept. So you have to remember that. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Naj, we appreciate you calling in, my man. We've got a couple things we got to get to here before we get off uh, for the night. I appreciate the time. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome anytime. It's always good to talk to you, man. It's been too long. And we really, we were asking the other day, we were like, where's Nas? We haven't heard from him in a while. But uh, we appreciate you jumping on. To be honest, we're a little worried. Hey, man, I'm I'm ducking and dodging Corona, man. You know how it is. But yeah, y'all be safe, man. Good talking. You you too, man. Thanks again, Nas. Yes, sir. All right, so that was Nas. It was good to have him on, as always. We got to pay a, we got to pay another bill here. And then when we come back, we have a couple uh, a couple of special things that Tim and I are going to dive into here. One you've heard before, one you haven't. So let's go ahead and, and dive in here in just a second. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires, and you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. StripCamFun, be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. All right. Thanks to our great sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New, Strip Cam Fun, Atomic Comics Collectibles, LLC, and of course, stay, stay Classy Meats. Took me a second there. I couldn't spit it out. Stay Classy Meats, our wonderful sponsors that bring you this show every single week. We're glad to have them on board, as we always are. All right, we got a couple of new segments that we're going to kind of debut here. The first one I wanted to bring up, and, uh, you know, we can do this about any time, but uh, it's like a this day in uh, NBA history. But I'm going to just go back into the weeks. So here we go. This week in NBA history, because today's July 22nd, I'll go back about a week or so here and and look at some things that happened in the NBA. Uh, On July 16th, 2016, All-Star Nate Thurman, seven-time All-Star Nate Thurman, passed away at the age of 74. That happened four years ago. July 17th, 2000, Vancouver Grizzlies forward Sharif Abdur-Rahim was named to the U.S. Basketball Men's Senior National Team in the 2000 Olympic Games in Sydney. His addition to the U.S. team came after previously named team member Grant Hill withdrew because of a broken ankle suffered during the playoffs. Uh, July 19, 2005, NBA Basketball Developmental League changes its names to the NBA Developmental League. So, yeah, that's big news. <laughs> but apparently that was a part of the collective. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, that was that was big news. This one actually was big news here. Uh, coach of the Indiana Pacers replacing Larry Bird, who stepped down following the 99-2000 NBA season. Thomas was a 12-time All-Star, led the Pistons to two NBA titles, and was Finals MVP in 1990. He also led Indiana University to the NCAA championship in 81. And Bird was the 97-98 NBA Coach of the Year. And the Pacers' job was Thomas's first coaching experience. It did not go well, ladies and gentlemen. Last one, Houston Rockets center Yao Ming announced his retirement on July 20th, 2011. His career average was 19 points per game with 9.2 rebounds. So there's that. We'll, we'll try to do a few more of these, you know, as, as we see fit. Maybe throw one in here and there next week. But that will be this week you, in uh, NBA history. I think you missed one. Oh, I did? I'm pretty sure you did. In fact, it would be several because I think you can pretty much go from the year 1986. Well, no. No, 1990 to the present. Every every day in the summer you can announce that the news is that Tom Robinson still is undrafted. <laughs> oh, goodness he was a, one of the best point guards Delco ever saw. But now we want to bring back an old favorite here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the August bedtime buffet extravaganza here. Tim brings us unusual stories. Yes, the Bogapalooza. Bogapalooza. Uh, uh, Tim, what do you got for us this week? You haven't done one of these in a while. What do you got we, for us uh, this week? We've, we've got the uh, stunning story of one Mr. Jason Williams. Mm, interesting. Shark music and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, this guy, uh, he, he, pretty good pretty good player. Um, yeah. All-star all in 98, put up some pretty pretty good numbers. Uh Pretty solid, pretty solid guy, but man, did trouble follow this guy around. I had no idea that this guy got in as much trouble as he did. Um, I'm, I'm going to go at this backwards because it seems like, you know, most guys would start off with uh, the small foul and lead up to the big one. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but Jason Williams, he decided to do it backwards. Um, this is a weird story. Uh, Okay, first, in 1992, he is uh, accused of firing a semiotic weapon in a parking lot at the Meadowlands Sports Complex, but he escaped uh, after after hitting a, a patron over the head with a beer mug in a, in a bar. But uh, he, he got off on that one. But then, okay. he, 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 then he went for big air. Uh, February 14th, 2002. I'm trying to figure out what was going on here. I'll, I'll read you the story, and then you can see if you can shed any light on this from a logical point of view. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, 55-year-old limousine driver, Costas Christophe, is shot and killed at Williams Estate in New Jersey. Um, he'd been hired to drive Williams' NBA charity team uh, from a, an event in, in Pennsylvania to where uh, to, the, to the estate. Um, Williams was reportedly playing with a shotgun while giving a tour of his home when, yeah. the, gun, when the gun accidentally went off and killed Christophe. 
My God. Why would you be playing with a shotgun? Now, who plays with a shotgun while giving a tour of their home? I mean, this seems... This is a rich person thing. Not the uh, smartest thing. No, so in... uh, So he gets charged with uh, manslaughter, but uh, the jury is deadlocked. And he's convicted of four counts of trying to cover up a shooting. Now, I don't understand how you could be convicted of covering up a shooting but not be guilty of the shooting. That makes no sense to me. But, <laughs> but then again, Who but knows? Then again, you know, yeah, welcome to the wonderful world of, the, of legal stuff. So that happens in, uh, so that takes till 2004. Then in 2006, an appeals court rules that he can be retried on reckless manslaughter charges. Um, then, of course, as courts do, they goof around for four years. So 2010, he pleads guilty to aggravated assault and is sentenced to five years in jail. Um, he does uh, mm-hmm. eight months, of course. Uh, there again, I can never understand why they bother to sentence people to time and then they never serve the time. I, I don't understand that. Why not just make it a year if that's what they're going to do anymore? Who knows? Um, all right. Who so, knows? But regardless, so he ends up serving eight months. He's released April 2012. In between the time of when he shot this guy and actually finally got into some trouble for it, he's tased in a New York City hotel by NYPD <laughs> after being visibly intoxicated and being found with uh, what they think was a suicide attempt, empty uh, prescription medicine all over the place. Um, so they tase him and take him to the hospital. So nothing that comes out of that. He gets in a bar fight in May of 2009. Seems to uh, seems to be a bit of a pattern here with Jason, uh, alcohol and uh, fighting. Then in 2010, he gets charged uh, with a DWI. And this is what I find funny, Nate. And I don't know. Only I can find something funny out of a DWI. Um, he is sentenced to an additional year in prison to be added on to his five-year sentence for the shooting death. He also gets a fine of $16,433 for what must be Brand. the most expensive, well, no, which must be the most expensive tree in the history of the universe because it was for damage to the tree that he hit. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> What a tree! And I'm going. What what the hell was that tree growing? Was that like slang for like pot, or poppy, opium, or something like that? Sixteen thousand dollars for running into a tree? <laughs> that that's expensive. Uh, <laughs> that's a so, very expensive tree. So yeah, uh, Jason Williams, a pretty good NBA player. Apparently, uh, got a few uh, got a few problems and uh, served his time and his. Uh, Ended up doing 27 months in total for that whole thing, which I don't know, man. Uh, but, but, I mean, reckless manslaughter and all that other stuff, and you got two years, that was it? Well, he's back out of jail now. Um, you know, he he grew up here in West Virginia, Jason Williams did, also known as White Chocolate. Actually uh, played high school basketball with Randy Moss, uh, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Went to college at St. John's. I mean, first round pick. I mean, this guy had. I imagine he made a probably made a pretty good living in the NBA. I would think. Yeah. But just grew up in Rand, West Virginia. 
I don't know why, Nate, but there's just something about, you know, you, you shoot somebody with a shotgun by accident and your life just goes to pieces. That's odd how that works. Seems that way, doesn't it? But that's All the right. story of Jason Williams. Um, yeah, yeah, that's... Now, and that and we do hate that for him, but we're glad he's out and he's doing. He seems to be doing a lot better now. Yeah, he seems right. to have gotten his act together, so that's uh, good for him. Yeah. All right, so we've got, I teased something a while back, and I never was able to get to it. So I I know what you all want to do to me because I has I haven't done what I promised. Well, then we got to find him and execute. Him. So I, I know that's I know what you, to, what you. I know where to find you. I don't go. Oh yeah, Taco there. Bell. But uh, yeah. Dr- <laughs> drive through in the Logan and greater area. I'll yes, you. for sure. Uh, we've got a special new segment here. I teased weeks ago and I promised I would bring it to you. Well, we're going to dive into it. Here we go. This week on Wide Men Can't Jump's Unsolved Mysteries. We look back at the career of Darren Williams. How did this 20 and 10 score go from all-star and Olympic gold medalist to completely out of the league? We examine what happened. Was it an injury? Was it a lack of love of the game? We'll find out as this week Wide Men Can't Jump investigates Darren Williams, the unsolved mystery. to dive into Darren Williams, a superstar that we all knew, we all thought was great, but he just kind of vanished out of nowhere. Well, when we say investigate, we mean look up on the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that. All right. I hope you did. Ah, I, I did. Uh, let's dive into the story here of Darren Williams. We'll give you a slight backstory uh, of him, and then we'll dive into it. Uh, he was selected third overall by the Utah Jazz in the 2005 NBA draft. His rookie year, he averaged 10.8 points with four and a half assists, and he shot 42% from the field, and that included 41% from three, all rookie first team. And then over the next, from 2007 to 2011, he averaged 19.7 points, 10.4 assists, and 1.3 steals. He was a three-time All-Star selection from 2010 to 2012, and many people were saying that was a guy you could build a team around to win a championship. We fast forward, the last time Williams played in the NBA was in 2017 with one of the worst performances in NBA Finals history. He was averaging 12 minutes, and had a terrible 1.1 assist game. He had zero points in games one through four. He shot just two of 16 from the field during the entire series and one of nine from three. He was only 31 years old, which is actually a variable age. But at 31, he was looking like he was out of his prime and done in his late 30s. So what happened? A lot of reasons here for this downfall. He was a slightly overweight that some people would say from his ideal playing weight. He was on team USA for the 2012 Olympics and rumored to be at 220 pounds, which is about 10 to 15 pounds overweight, which isn't anything terrible. Mind you, I'm not going to say that that's bad because it's not, you can, you can drop that in no time playing basketball. Um, Barkley esque. No, no, not at all. This is not Jamarcus Russell, Eddie Lacey territory here. 
Um, <laughs> a lot of people say he couldn't handle playing in a big market. He was traded to Brooklyn, the uh, the, the Nets, in 2011, and, and he played in Utah to start out, which is a very small market. At the time the Nets were moving to Brooklyn, there was pressure on them to win a title because they went out and got Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett in 2013. They traded all those draft picks for to for them to make a run, and they just didn't. And it was Joe Johnson, Williams, Brooke Lopez, Garnett, and Pierce, and they had so much talent. And they were one of the teams people predicted to maybe knock off the heat. The expectation was on Williams' shoulder, and he couldn't handle the bright lights of New York, some, some people's thinking. The Nets went on for a lot of coaching changes, and that didn't help him from 2011 to 2015. The team changed coaches four times. It was Avery Johnson, P.J. Carlissimo, Jason Kidd, and Lionel Hollins. And, of course, Williams did sustain injuries in his career, which can take a toll on anybody. And he went from averaging 20 and 10 in his prime and now, you know, not even in the league. And it was one of the quickest downfalls in NBA history. He went from averaging the last great season he had. We'll just go ahead and call it the, the last season in uh, New Jersey. He was averaging 21 points per game with eight, almost nine assists, and that was his last all-star year. After that, 18 points a game with seven assists, almost eight, not bad. But then you see a little bit of a drop-off, 14 points per game, 13 points per game. The next season back in Dallas, 14 points per game. Then in Dallas the next year, 13 points per game. But then in Cleveland, 7.5 points per game and only – 3.6 assists like he had better numbers his rookie year when he was 32 the, you know the, for the entire 2016-2017 season he averaged 11 points and 5.6 assists and this was a guy that was at one point averaging almost he was averaging 20 points and 10 assists a game and that was in the 2010-2011 season in Utah and New Jersey so this is a guy that was a fantastic player, and then suddenly he just kind of vanished. And I'm not really sure, you know, to the extent of what happened or, or why these things happened. Um, you know, we, we look in on him. He had some stuff going on in his life. He had, he had you know, made more than $141 million dollars not including endorsements, you know, depending on where you look um, for those for those numbers. Uh, you know, he actually now, uh, he has a lot of investments in the area where he lives. I think he owns a, I'm trying to find where I saw this at. He owns, here he is. Uh, they, have, they do a podcast. Uh, in the off season of basketball, he and uh, if I can find this gentleman's name here, Richard Jefferson and T- Channing Fry, uh, or apparently those two guys have a podcast called Road Tripping, and you know he's really into MMA. I think he actually owns an MMA gym. If I can find that here, what the name of it was, Tim and. Uh, Apparently, he wrote an article called – or he had an article from <laughs> – it says here, Williams feels he's been burned multiple times by the press in, in the New York market. He There was the time he raved about living in New York City, 
but admitted he faced challenges sending his four young children to different schools. It was a tough situation, but that doesn't even matter. He said of a resulting New York Post article, the title of the story is, Don't Like New York. So, you know, he, not known for his uh, love of New York City, which if you've been there, you know, you can either, it's love or hate up in, in New York. Um, I am still trying to find his, you know, where he owns the, the gym. I do know he owns an MMA gym and is very involved these days in, uh, in that. Uh, he golfs a lot, does a podcast. He's a father of four kids, which is cool. Um, and that's good for him, but, you know, he's not really looking to come back and wasn't looking to come back to the NBA at any time. And he just says, Somebody had posted this. Um, Kevin McHale said, "I don't think that Darren was ever the same after he after he left Utah. I don't know that there was just something about it. So his numbers may have looked the same, but his game was different. So apparently, staying in a small market may have helped Darren Williams in his career. You know, maybe maybe that's just me. I'm not sure. Um, you know, Williams." They think he could do MMA commentary. He's very smart in the MMA world. I'm still trying to find, um, you know, the gym he owns. But uh, what do you think, Tim? What do you, what do you think about what we what we talked about here? I got to be honest, Nate. I didn't hear most of it. I know. I saw you. We lost you for a minute, but I kept it going. Here it is. <laughs> I was going to go. Uh, he manages really his multiple paying attention, but he monitors and manages his multiple business ventures with an upscale MMA gym in Dallas, Fortis MMA, and he has a stake in Rockwell Watches and some real estate properties. Adele the, actually uh, rented one of his uh, gargantuan Tribeca rooftop combos that he lived in in Brooklyn the, uh, not too long podcast ago. Too. Uh, he has an MMA podcast. Yes, he does. I did see that. He, the MMA oh, podcast. Ballers and so. Brawlers. Yes, yes, and he stays busy with that, so... You know, probably, you know, you in the spotlight and the stardom and all that stuff's not for everybody, dude. Maybe I think he just maybe had enough of it. He was still getting paid, so that wasn't a concern. And I think he just went to go do something that he probably liked more. Kind of what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he thrived better in a small market situation. Like that's what I'm I'm seeing um, from him. He seems like he did better in Utah. He wanted to play in Utah, the small markets where he got his start. He liked it there. wasn't big on the big city living. Uh, to didn't felt the pressure. And and I'll say it: the New York media is incredibly unfair to most of the athletes there. If you're not producing, they don't like you. I mean, it's it's what have you done for me lately? In New York City, every New York booze guys who he's won 14 NBA uh, championships and 32 MVPs, but he didn't have a good night tonight and they booed him off the court. Yeah. I mean, that's just how a lot of New York fans are. I mean, you know, there's a lot of controversy about how good Eli Manning really is, but he won the giants two Super Bowls. You got to, you got to give him that. He did do that. Whether you like Uh, him or not. Was that one more more than or two more? Uh, I'm not 100%. Phil Sims won one, I think, but he's a he's a hero in, as far as the New York Giants fans go. And 
Now he is. Was he when he now, first but was there? He wasn't when he played. <laughs> well, you know, they did a lot of losing. And... and again, I'm not saying Eli Manning's good or bad by any stretch. Uh, he was. He won two. Phil Sims did. He was a okay, Super Bowl so MVP. Up, so, so there should be equal love or equal hatred then. But man, if you bring up if you bring up Eli Manning to to Giant fans, man, most of them aren't too too fond of him. Giant fans have got a lot in common with Eagles fans. <laughs> well, they are two hours apart from each other, so I'm not gonna. This I'm not is gonna true. Lie. I mean, there is a you know that the franchise, the fan base is pretty fickle. So you know, and if you don't have the thickest skin, and maybe this guy didn't, I don't know. Kinds of sounds like maybe he didn't. It was maybe mentally it was maybe hard on him. And you know, maybe good for him that he didn't. But yeah, he was, had a breakdown or something. Yeah, he got out when he did. He, he had a career with Dallas some, but he was just never the same after Utah, and that's what Mikhail said. And I really can't argue that because he, he's right. Once he left Utah, things just seemed different. For Williams, I don't know if he just, you know, he didn't seem to care for the big city life, and you know, you find that from time to time, you know. Well, but I mean, he is a I think we can finally. Man, so, Darren Williams was born in Parkersburg. I'll be damned! I actually didn't know that. <laughs> well, look at me—the guy who did the research didn't know where. The- I wasn't looking for yeah, that. Yeah, he was. I guess that doesn't mean that much. I mean, I don't know how long he lived there, but he was born in West Virginia. So, well, Parkersburg—that's northern Ohio. That's southern Ohio, basically. But no, nah, I'm kidding. Parkersburg's not too bad. Um, no, nah, I, did, I did not know that. Honestly, I did he not know go he was to, born uh, in Parkersburg. I don't think he lived there for long because it says he went to high school in Texas. So, yeah, yeah, born in Parkersburg, West Virginia, and. In elementary school and middle school, he won two state wrestling championships. And in 93, he was an eight-year-old, and he won. So by eight, he was already in Texas, if that tells you anything. He might have uh, been one of those guys. You know, there there are some guys who really, really like sports but are not that interested in the accolades and fame that come along with some of that stuff. Well, he kind of seemed more interested in – his family, and I can't say that that's uh, that, that, that that's bad. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, the guy obviously. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, he won FIBA World Championships. He had two gold medals in the Olympics. I mean, it wasn't like he had much left to do anyway. Yeah. Um, short of, I guess, didn't ever play on a on a winner. Didn't get a didn't get a ring, but I mean, he was an all star. He was an all rookie. I mean. He was an All-American in college. I mean, he pretty much did everything there was to do. I mean, maybe he just had enough. Kind yeah, of like, maybe. Uh, you know, Boggus on a Saturday night at the drive-thru, you know, eventually. No, he's never he had did. enough, my friend. He that man enough. has never I mean, had enough. That's it goes. <laughs> that man has never had enough. But I'll tell you what, tonight, we've had enough. And that's going to do it for this episode of Wide Me Kids. And we hope – what? That's it. Another edition. Another edition. We've done it again. We've done it again. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Next week we'll be back. Baseball will have started. It starts tomorrow. Basketball will be on the horizon. And we'll get to look in and see what's going on. And plenty to talk about. 
Well, there's going to be lots of sports to talk about, but uh, do I have this right that there's a, a chance that we're going to have a breaking story about Stu Hart next week? Is that true? There is a possibility of a, a Stu Hart breaking story no one knows about. We'll have to wait and see. And for those of you that are thinking it, for those of you that are thinking it, I'll go ahead and tell you, no, it's not this. There's Diana looking like some kind of whore. No, you might have to change the name. That'll be it, though. Yeah. There goes, uh, we'll see what well, happens. Well, I hope, you enjoyed name, the, hope you enjoyed no, no, a couple new segments. Oh, God. We hope you guys enjoyed a couple of the new segments tonight. Glad to hear from Naj. I hadn't heard from him in a while. Uh, the search for Jeff continues, as uh, and I guess he was working tonight, but unfortunately hey, couldn't get Jeff on. If you're out and on. about, uh, check out the drive throughs for Jeff. Just look for that guy who's doing trivia. Yeah, for real. Uh, must have been a new trivia contest tonight. But uh, thanks to everybody for listening in. Shout out to everybody. Hope you're doing okay during the pandemic. All of our, our friends of the show here, we love all of you. Uh, you all know who you are. So thank you so much for jumping and jumping in and listening with us. And, Tim, uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Aloha. Thanks to Stephen P. New Law, the Strip Cam Fund, Atomic Commerce Collectibles LLC, Stay Classy Meats, and all of our wonderful sponsors. All of our wonderful sponsors. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time on Wide Men Can't Jump. Tally ho. Canada taking applications now. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search wide men can't jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meats, where you can check them out at StayClassyMeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump, and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.